Jewels and Jingle Bells, written by Drasna. Rating is explicit. No archive warnings apply. Category is female-male. Fandom is supernatural. Relationship, Dean Winchester slash original female character. Character, Dean Winchester, Sam Winchester, Eileen Leahy, Castiel, Jack Klein. Additional tags. Fluff, comfort, birthday, Christmas, angst, smut, vaginal fingering, anal play, oral sex, sex, dirty talk, snow, domestic fluff, Jensen has made snow shoveling a kink, light bondage, sparring, hunter training. And this is part six of the Some Sunny Day series. Summary. Dean helps Julie celebrate her December birthday. Notes. Consider this bit of fluff a countermeasure for the Unity episode to try and combat all the angst. More than likely a two-parter. I've been needing me some comfort, Dean. Hope you enjoy. This was published in November of 2020 and completed in December of 2020. Chapter 1 Julie nestled the bottom layer of crust into the pie plate. The sliding door swooshed open. Dean's deep baritone called out, Jules. Kitchen. He bolted through the doorway. With lips parted and eyes wide, his serious gaze landed on her frame. An instant reaction of surprise and approval at her baking lit up his face. Her mouth ticked up at the view the familiar arousal at her lover's confident stroll, and mere occupation of space began to bubble. On approach, Dean held his phone screen out an arm's length away in her direction. Look who it is. He beamed. Julie dusted off flowered fingers and cooed on cue. She waved to Eileen holding the not-even-two-month-old Patrick Dean. His whittle chubby cheeks were bright red. Sleepy lids teased at the baby blue irises. Sam poked his head into frame, having to duck down considerably, of course, over Eileen's shoulder. Oh my god, he's adorable in the outfit we got him. A little Winchester if I ever saw one. Julie couldn't contain her high-pitched enthusiasm. The onesie had a red flannel top and a denim bottom. It was too cute and reminiscent of Dean. She had to buy it and ship it straight away to Sam and Eileen when she came across it online. Dean snuggled up behind Julie, mimicking Sam. A quick kiss met her cheek prior to positioning the phone so they could both interact with the new parents. Julie made sure Eileen looked at the screen when she asked, How are you doing, Mama? Good. Exhausted. Round-the-clock feedings. He doesn't stop eating. Eileen's tired eyes lifted up along with her lips into a smile. He gets that from his uncle. Dean replied with a smirk in the smaller screen. He's also loud and always yells, like his uncle. Sam chuckled. Julie patted away the hurt expression on Dean's face. Eileen rocked Patrick 
he had on mittens and rubbed them all over his face. His little lids were now scrunched up tight. We tried to call you first, Julie. Wanted to wish you a happy birthday. A small sigh left Julie's mouth. She signed and said, Thank you. A dusting of flour coated her mouth. I can't wait to see you all in person in a little over a week. I can't believe Dean is going to get on a plane again so soon. Sam shook his head. Come on, Sammy. I'm not going to miss the little guy's first Christmas. Patrick opened his mouth and began to wail. An eruption of red splotches flared all over his face. Eileen waved, then trotted away with the baby. Well, that's a sample of what you have to look forward to. Getting a hotel room is a genius idea. Sam yawned and wiped a massive hand over his face. He combed through long strands and scratched the top of his head. Hey, the last thing you need to worry about is dealing with house guests on top of a newborn. Julie added, Besides, Bridget is coming along so we can split time at my brother's for the holidays. Makes things easier for everyone. Well, we just wanted to say hey. What's my brother doing to celebrate your big day? It's a surprise, Sam. Dean stared hard into the camera. Alrighty then. Have fun with Chilly Willy Jules. Bye, guys. Sam shot them a weary smile and tapped the screen to end the call. Dean kissed Julie's neck and stepped back, sinking into the closest seat. She got back to chopping apples. He knocked her calf with his boot. Explain to me again why you're making me a pie on your birthday? He nodded his chin at the kitchen counter and smiled. Because I enjoy doing things I like on my birthday. And making you smile is something I like doing. You make me smile all the time, babe. Julie frowned. Except when it comes to your unsuccessful attempts to teach me the basics of handling weapons and defending myself. She sighed. Did you tell Sam what happened? Dean waved off the question and gave her an incredulous shake of his head. Why not? Baby. Julie cringed at the recollection. I almost shot your foot off yesterday. Dean shrugged. Bet you'll never forget to check the safety ever again. And you almost shot my pinky toe off. Not my foot. Julie clapped hands over her face. The heat of embarrassment mixed with guilt. Even the smell of apples, sugar, and cinnamon couldn't make her feel better. He rose from the chair to stand behind her once again. Warm palms rubbed her forearms, covered in a cable sweater. Dean dropped his head. His lips brushed her ear. The words came out on a wave of coffee breath. Hey, the steel-toed boots did their job. The last thing I want is to be a burden. Something or someone else you feel you have to protect. She mumbled through her fingers. I want to be a help, not a hindrance. His lips curled into a smile and pressed a kiss into her hairline. I hate to break it to you, but I'm going to want to protect you no matter what. Even if you were the best hunter on the planet, that's not a burden, sweetheart. I consider it an honor 
like a king's guard. You're my hot queen. Julie crisscrossed her hands over her chest and grabbed both of his wrists. You and your Game of Thrones kink. She chuckled and leaned back into his chest. Oh, come on. You had fun, Khaleesi. Speak for yourself, Sir Jorah. The whispers were lower, getting more seductive. You gonna be ready to leave by four? For my surprise? Yep. Depends on how well you're going to wield that sword of yours while the pie's in the oven. Dean's happy groan made her giggle, lifting some of the weight from her heart. Dean opened the passenger door for Julie. Dean, this is so... Julie trailed off, still processing where they had arrived. Dean waved an impatient hand. A puff of cool breath released from his pink, full lips. Hallmark movie cute. Julie pulled the wool cap on her head upon exiting the Impala. Baby's door squeaked closed under the push of Dean's red fingertips. Well, you must like Hallmark movies, sweetheart. You've mentioned this place a bunch of times. She smiled at how fast his cheeks were turning rosy in the parking lot. I didn't think you'd ever want to come. He shrugged. Christmas trees? Lights? Hot chocolate? Holiday cheer? Why wouldn't I like it? I'm not Mr. Humbug Sam. His arm wrapped around the waist of her quilted jacket and tugged her body close in a comfortable, synced stride. But I'm more of a lifetime movie watcher. Groups of families and couples strolled to the lobby entrance doors. Longwood Gardens, here we come. They were in the line for only a minute, behind a family of four in matching Santa hats, when Julie felt a nudge on her right shoulder. She turned to find two very similar smiles, staring back at her. Happy birthday, Julie. Jack lunged toward and corralled Julie in an embrace. It knocked the air out of her lungs. He had definitely learned his bear-hugging technique from Dean. Cass nodded in confirmation. Dean said you'd like it if we surprised you and tagged along as a third and fourth wheel. That's not exactly how the saying goes, Cass. Dean's reply shot over Julie's head. I don't like the surprise. Julie tucked the inside of her elbow around the back of Jack's neck in a soft headlock. She frowned over at Cass. As soon as she received the requisite confused expression from the former angel, she followed right up with, I love it. Sarcasm. You and Dean seem to enjoy that type of humor quite a bit. Cass tilted his head along with the side of his mouth. Jack scanned a brochure on their way to the counter to collect their reserved tickets. You've been here before, Julie? Julie's mind had spaced out for a few seconds, staring at Jack. It still threw her headspace for a loop, realizing he was the offspring of Lucifer. She wondered how much he looked like his father. Oh, yes, lots. Dean sidled up to the attendant and checked in. His low voice mingled with the dozens of conversations, filling up the high-ceilinged lobby. It's beautiful all year round. But 
Christmas time is extra special. Jack pointed to the paper in his hand and hurried his fact recounting. There's over a thousand acres of the botanical garden property. It says they have a fountain light, a music show, a miniature train. Their outdoor light display has over a half a million lights. Once Dean flashed their little group the tickets, Jack added, They even have a beer garden. This place is sounding better by the minute. Dean smirked. Be prepared for lots of walking, gentlemen. She hooked her elbows into Dean and Jack's arms, feeling a little like Dorothy. Ready? Born ready, Jack replied. Julie caught a proud smile on Cass's face. Once they had their tickets authenticated and passed through the archway, the twilight sky and cold temperature greeted them. Stone walls on either side receded with each step. Landscaped gardens came into view in all their natural and redesigned glory. The combination of garden styles always took Julie's breath away on first sight. She knew off to the left were the French-inspired Versailles-style manicured lawns with statues and stone arches. There were mansions and cottages, little ponds, reflecting pools, a huge exhibition hall, a horticulturalist's dream. It made her envy everyone with plant patience and a green thumb. Lights wrapped around almost every tree, bush, and hedge in sight. The overall effect would be even more dramatic as night fell. It was everything the term Winter Wonderland embodied for Julie. I do admire humanity's creativity and artistic expression. Cass offered the opinion to the group in a low voice. Dean passed his cup to Julie. She sipped the pilsner. They mulled about the beer garden an hour into their travels. German folk music blared from the Oktoberfest-like tent. The smell of ale was sharp and pungent at this rest stop. A winding path between towering, narrow tree trunks, wrapped and lit in a rainbow of colors, awaited them next. Dean tapped a boot on the concrete in time with the beat. Cass approached Dean head-on and stopped a foot in front of him. Jack wants to get going to spend some time at the train display. Dean nodded. Sure, we'll catch up. Cass planted himself in front of Julie next. Are you enjoying yourself, Julie? Julie's eyes widened, passing the large cup back to Dean. Very much. She grinned. Cass smiled. I'm glad. Dean said you deserved a special day. And I agree. He left in a hurry after a quick call from Jack. Dean chuckled to himself. What? The look on your face sometimes, Jules. You were trying so hard to figure all this shit out. He kissed her forehead. I love you for trying. He pointed to Cass catching up to Jack. See that trench coat he's wearing? Yeah. That was like his superhero costume. He wore that damn thing all the time. But not with a dad sweater and khakis. Business suit and backwards blue tie. Julie's nose crinkled. It must have smelled awful. Dean laughed again. 
Not really. He shrugged at Julie's look of disbelief. He probably just snapped his fingers and dry cleaned it. His vessel didn't operate the same way our bodies do. Who the hell knows, really? He chugged the rest of the beer and tossed the cup in a nearby receptacle. His arm draped over her shoulder. They started down the walk. Julie risked the cold temperature, sliding her hand out of her warm pocket to intertwine her fingers with his. She lowered her voice as they passed, a meandering group on the path. Would he be offended if I asked him some questions? About his vessel? What it was like for him before he turned human? Cass doesn't get offended by much. You know that. No, I don't know that. I haven't had a ton of interaction with him one-on-one. Either you or Jack or both are always around. Hmm. Well, he wouldn't. Julie chuckled. What? Flannel is your superhero costume. Can't argue that one. Julie stared up at that face bathed in ever-changing colors as they strolled. His gaze darted from side to side, taking in the sights. He'd dip his head down every so often to meet her eyes. Julie mumbled. I like making these kinds of memories with you. She lifted up on tiptoes for a second to peck his chilly lips. Me too, sweetheart. He grinned. The foursome had filed one by one up the narrow winding staircase of a treehouse. Thick wooden slab steps and an iron railing wrapped around a trunk, Dean eyeballed, to be at least four feet in diameter. The house was one of many temporary yet sturdy structures built for guests trekking through the garden to explore. They piled into a tiny room as another group waited to take the steps down. Julie peeked out a carved opening and spotted one boy chasing another down below, around another massive tree. The tiny porthole gave a glimpse of some snowflake lights hanging from a few nearby branches as well. Surprised they don't have fairies zipping through the air, Julie noted. Dean pressed tight against her back, on purpose, and bent down to see the sights as well. Jack, who was ahead of them with Cass, waited to go up another stairwell. The wood sign above the doorway advised, Crow's Nest, two at a time only. He turned at Julie's statement and stared back at Dean. A fairy, like Mrs. Butters. He always smelled like the sugariest of cereals. Wood nymph, Dean corrected. Julie raised a brow at Dean and mouthed. Nymphomaniac? Dean lowered his brow and shook his head. Story for another time. Always a story for another time. Julie sighed. Dean's knuckles stroked the back of her quilted coat in a rhythmic motion. The synthetic material gave under the pressure and sounded like he was playing a washboard. His close presence was all the portable heater Julie thought she would ever need. He wore her favorite cologne for the special occasion. She took a deep whiff to inhale his personal signature scent underneath. One couple had appeared in the crow's nest doorway, then made their way clockwise around the trunk. Cass announced, All right, Jack, our turn. He gave Jack the lead with an outstretched hand. Dean and Julie waited in silence, 
not really paying attention to the conversation of the group behind them. By some impressive contortions, her hand had found its way into one of his front jean pockets. If he'd made a snide comment, she would have feigned innocence and claimed it was an effort to keep warm. He had plenty of body heat to spare, she would have countered. But he only hummed in her ear and kept stroking the back of her coat. He stayed quiet, aside from a cough, when she brought the other hand around her back and cupped his growing bulge. He began to rock back and forth on his boot heels, slow and purposeful, leaning into her palm. No one seemed the wiser to their foreplay. Julie's pulse quickened. How are you liking your birthday celebration so far, sweetheart? Dean peered down with heavy-lidded eyes. Top front teeth tugged that pillowy bottom lip inward when she gave his cock a soft squeeze through the denim. It's been awesome, Dean. Can't wait to unwrap this big package you have for me. She beamed the sweetest smile she could up at him. His length firmed up against fanning fingers. He shot her a full watt smile of pearly whites and eye crinkles. Oh, I can't wait to see the expression on your face when I give it to you. The sound of Cass clearing his throat had them turn in his direction and snapped out of their mutual distraction. He raised a brow at being in either the perfect or worst viewpoint to see what they were up to, depending on one's inclination. Jack hurried down the stairwell, oblivious, and off to the next stop. Don't hold up the line, you two. Cass reprimanded. Julie extricated a hand out of Dean's pocket and climbed up the steps. Dean huffed behind, closing the distance in no time. Wrong direction if you're trying to get away from me. A gasp escaped her mouth at the biting, crisp air and the sight when her boots hit the nest's floor. Snowflake lights dangled from what seemed like a hundred branches. Each flake, different and distinct, shimmered and competed with the stars in the dark sky above bare naked treetops. The illumination gave the little patch of forest an ethereal feel. Dean scooped her up from behind in an embrace. His biceps weaved under her armpits and coveted the front of her body with a crisscross of forearms and hands. Those soft, warm lips kissed her neck. Happy birthday. Thank you. A soft sob pushed out from her lips. She did her best to not let Dean hear the hiccuped breath, forcing it back down. Jules? She didn't have to turn around. She knew the exact look of confusion on his face in that moment. Could hear it in his question. Don't let me go, Dean. He constricted his hold, then whispered in her ear. Never. Chapter 2 Notes. Yeah, this got uber fluffy, then angsty, then a whole lot of smutty. I got very inspired, and frankly the rainy, chilly day just lent itself to finish this. Apologies if this isn't as polished as usual. I only did a couple read-throughs. Give me all the Dean. Anyone else in love with a fictional character? Please raise your hand. Whew. Enjoy.
Did you see that? Julie pointed to Baby's windshield. Dean leaned up from the driver's seat, out of his casual recline, and stared at the spot in question. There, another one. Julie's finger swerved up and to the left. Headlights from oncoming traffic lit up the interior in the wet, speckled glass. Snow. Dean hummed out the word. One by one, flakes landed with a fluffy pelt and melted. He hit the wiper blades for a quick swish, then turned them off again. Julie sipped at the now lukewarm cocoa they had bought on their way out of Longwood. She offered Dean the cup when he was on a straight bit of road, not too far from the neighborhood. It would have been wonderful to walk through the gardens in the snow. I'm sorry I didn't time the snowfall correctly. Dean chuckled after a long sip. Next time. That would have been a little too Hallmark movie cute. Julie loved Baby, but it was times like these she wished Dean's beloved car had a shorter bench seat so she could stay buckled in and cuddle against her man. Handsome as ever, feet away, she ached to scratch the back of his scalp and the short strands peeking above the collar of his blue corduroy jacket. A minute after turning into the neighborhood, it was Julie's turn to be confused. Dean drove down the lane that would take them to his place. Not my house? There's pie there. She reminded her always hungry driver. Only pie I want to eat tonight. He trailed off the comment to stare directly in Julie's eyes, making her blush, then rotated baby's steering wheel with one palm. The black beauty eased slow and steady into the driveway. He killed the engine. Snow dotted the car windows at a faster clip with soft taps. The patch of Dean's lawn, illuminated by the floodlight, sparkled with white precipitation. For future reference, the best birthday gift for me would be eating you out on this seat. His hungry stare raked over her body. Julie gulped. I wouldn't mind that birthday gift. He broke the mood with a cheeky grin. That would have saved me a whole bunch of time, sweetheart. He took one long swig of the cocoa and handed her the cup. A momentum catapulted him out of the driver's seat. In a couple seconds, he opened her door. She rose to meet his waiting, chocolate-coated lips. She moaned. My taste good, huh? He sassed. Not as good as you, though. He pressed her back into the edge of Baby's roof for another kiss. A whiplash speed inspected the interior of her mouth. Tasty remnants of the creamy confection, identified by every single taste bud, his tongue caressed. Her fingers grabbed at the hair she'd wanted to touch the entire drive home. Cold snow pricked her skin and contrasted Dean's fiery temperature. He broke off the kiss with a groan. Still have a few more things to tick off the celebration list before I devour you. He straightened and made a circle motion with his palm. I need you to control all this for a little longer. She mimicked his action. Well, ditto. Dean left boot tread prints in the tiny layer of snow. On his walk to the front door, he turned back to Julie often. It's not a big deal, 
so don't get your hopes up. He stuck the key in the lock. But will you close your eyes for me? Be a good girl and wait until I tell you to open them? You asking me to be a good girl is doing nothing to control all this. His eyes lit up. Please, baby doll. Julie whined. Dean. He chuckled. Sorry. A kiss placed on her forehead as she waited beside him on the threshold, smoothed everything over. Please. She nodded and closed her eyes. A click of the lock and hinge squeak filled her ears. She was seriously buying him some WD-40 as a gag gift. Dean's warm fingers gripped both hands and guided. A breeze flicked the loose hair hanging below her cap with the swish of the door closing. Her head tilted this way and that, trying to track Dean's darting around the room. Rustling. Some tripping. Some cussing followed. She giggled and clasped her hands in wait. All right. A sigh preceded Dean's request on her left. Open them. The lump rose in her throat, along with her lids, as she took in the scene. Oh. Wow. Her reaction sounded detached, far away, overpowered by the pounding of her heartbeat. A long string of Christmas bulbs hung around the living room. Blankets, comforters, and pillows piled in the middle of the floor, looking like Dean had bought a department store out of their entire inventory of bedding. An undecorated, fake five-foot Christmas tree stood by the television. Newly boxed ornaments stacked under the tree skirt like presents. Bowls of candy and chips littered the coffee table, along with bottles of soda. Tears welled up in Julie's eyes. Dean's tall frame and hesitant smile stepped into her cloudy vision. I got the idea about a week ago, when we were making plans to visit Sam and Eileen for Patrick's first Christmas. You started talking about the holiday season. How you had stopped decorating after the first couple years of being married. That it wasn't worth the hassle, you know, without kids to have to go all out for. That's what you said, anyway. Then, you mentioned what you would do with your mom and dad and Joe, growing up, on your birthday. That December 16th was the official Christmas tree trimming day in the quarry home. Fingers pulled her to him at the waist. Forehead ridges rested against hers. A warm whisper bathed her face. Let's do that tonight, Jules. Fingers crawled up his flannel shirt, the red one that she loved. Even though blue was her favorite color, and Dean always looked dashing and dreamy in blue, there was something about red on this man. It showcased his innate power and stirred up all her carnal wants. Hands slinked and merged in a tight clasp around his neck. You are the sweetest, you know that? Shh, let's just keep that between the two of us. Dean and Julie spent an hour decorating the Christmas tree. It was a tug of war initially, between Julie's methodical ornament placement on branches and Dean's tossing of tinsel clumps in various shapes and sizes. By the end, the tree was a hot mess of holiday cheer. The two stared in pride at their combined result. Done, 
Dean rubbed his palms together. And we're both still in one piece. Julie flopped atop four pillows, fashioned into a beanbag situation. A handful of sour cream and onion chips made their way into a tiny bowl and into her lap. Best decorated tree in all of Delaware. She crunched away. Dean cocked an eyebrow. I think we may have some competition with all those trees we saw in the exhibition hall at Longwood. Her fingers twiddled in the air. But they haven't been touched and fawned over by one Dean Winchester. He tilted his chin up in agreement under pursed lips. She patted a mound of fluffy blankets. You should join me. I will in a minute. Be right back. Dean dashed down the hall. A muted claymation special played on the television. Julie took in the transformation of Dean's living room, now exploding with Christmas spirit. Fun and color and warmth and excessive everything. Cheek muscles ached from a plastered smile. She was in awe of how much Dean listened to what she said. Things she hadn't even recalled spewing. But he hadn't just listened. He picked out and heard what was truly important in the ramblings and details, latched onto them, spurred himself into action with them, to make her happy. Dean's sock-covered feet trampled along the tundra of comforters. He melted close to her right, descending into a seated position with his bow legs bent at the knees, flopped open, one ankle crossed over the other. A gift the size of a shoebox had been wrapped in red and green striped holiday paper. It rested next to the denim-covered package Julie really wanted to get her hands on. Julie rotated to face him, her bare feet snuggling under the warm curve of her ass and adding a few inches to her seated position. Palms rested on her thighs in weight. Happy birthday, Julie. That grin. Jesus, that grin might be the thing that truly stopped her heart one day. These are probably going to need an explanation. Lucky for you, I love to hear you talk. He slid the box over a few inches, but still held captive in his bow-leg bear trap. She didn't bother to feign civility and rip the half-decent wrapping job open at the top. Her shoebox assumption had been correct. She lifted the lid and got a whiff of leather. Pulling back the tissue paper revealed a rectangular box. A tiny sticker on the edge announced whatever was inside was made of silver-plated carbon steel. She opened it. You've been beating yourself up over not being good with a gun for weeks. And even though I'd much rather have you as far away from a baddie as possible and take him down with a bullet, if you ever are in a predicament with one charging you and they don't go down with a shot, well... You're going to need something like this. He popped it out of the molded encasement by the sharp tip and wrapped his fingers around the blade. Silver takes care of a lot of monsters. So you've said. Her lips twisted up. What? Are you going to teach me how to use this? Because we've seen what happens. He shook his head and pushed the hilt toward her like a parent attempting to force-feed a toddler with a spoonful of pea soup. Grab it. 
don't pull until I open my hand and release, or you're slicing me up on your birthday. She sighed and did as told. The knife was cold and waited. We'll work on proper handling, some self-defense moves, and all that another day. He dipped into the gift box and pulled out the item that was the source of the leather smell. This is one of my favorite cheese. Been with me a couple decades. You can slip it onto the cuff of a sturdy pair of work boots or hide it inside those sexy ones you've got with the heels. She glossed over the flirty comment, wanting to thank him for the thoughtfulness. But that self-defeating attitude was more powerful. Dean, I'm not going to be a good hunter. You know that. Old dog, new tricks deal. That telltale look of irritation began to surface. Sweetheart, I keep telling you, it's not about you hunting by my side. I need to know that if by some chance I'm not there when danger comes knocking. It was his turn to sigh. He licked his lips, thinking, forming his next words. You've got to do this. Learn the basic stuff. For me. For me to be okay with us. This. I need you to not give up on trying with this part of it all. Okay? It's scary. She shrugged and turned the blade in her hand. Red, blue, and green light bounced off the gleaming metal. Dean tossed out that little, aw shucks ma'am, grin. Honest? In this moment? Her eyes tracked up to meet his gaze. She nodded. Jules, I'm scared all the time when I'm out on a hunt. I use the fear, the adrenaline it pumps me with, and tunnel it into some sort of focus. Gotta feel it and work with it. It's never gonna not be there. Any hunter who says they aren't scared is lying through their teeth. If they aren't scared, they're dead. She nodded in understanding. You can be strong and scared at the same time, you know? She smiled. Plus, he sighed. I've seen you in the kitchen with knives. I think we can work with that. That made her giggle. He opened his palm for the knife. She handed it back and Dean slid it into its new leather home, then tossed it a few feet away with deft precision atop the tree skirt. His eager eyes flitted back to hers. One more thing in there. But it's more on loan. Can't actually keep it. He laughed at her reaction. Was waiting for the nose crinkle. Julie pulled off the last bit of tissue paper. She felt her nose crinkle again as she wondered if this was also a source of the leather smell. A bulky, thick journal rested on the cardboard base. She picked it up, ran fingers along the worn, tan-faded cover. The belt and loop closure must have been opened thousands of times. The tumblers in her mind slid into the right spots to unlock the connection. She remembered the supernatural novels. John Winchester. Your dad's? Dean nodded with a smile. In an instant, Julie thought this was the most precious and delicate gift 
ever given to anyone. She threw the shoebox off to the side and placed the journal on the blanket in Dean's bow-legged safety circle. She sunk into a more comfortable seated position and leaned over the book, unclasping it with care. Dean's breath warmed the crown of her head. She scanned and turned the pages in a type of reverent prayer, memorizing a missal. Dates and details and drawings and descriptions, monster sketches, newspaper and book clippings, page after page of thoughts and ideas, written down by his and Sam's dad. Fragments of sentences working out what in the hell this thing could be that was killing people in any town USA. She pulled out random words and feelings. Demon. Yellow eyes. Mary. Kill. Stop. Protect. Boys. Mary. 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 The deep timber of Dean's voice washed over her. I know Sam has shared a bunch of stuff with you on the computer about what we do, what we hunt, but I think this might give you a clearer picture of why. I know the books you've read spell everything out. She tipped her head up to stare at him. But this is your dad's voice. His motivation. What started it all. Kept you on this path for so long. Dean nodded. Baby, thank you for sharing this with me. She made sure all the pages fell back into place, snug, and the way they had been when she started, working backwards and securing the belt back in its loop. She grabbed it with both hands, sat up, and presented it back to Dean. This is too special and important for me to even have on loan. I'll be good with you letting me read it when I come over. Dean's eyes widened. She nodded in reassurance. He grabbed, then placed the journal on the nearest sofa cushion. Julie gasped and giggled when his hands latched into her armpits, tickling with his thumbs as he encouraged her forward to climb onto his lap, his legs struggling with the blankets to straighten out the whole time. He grunted like a grumpy old man. Out of breath, she straddled thick thighs and balanced her hands on his broad shoulders. His fingers brushed back her hair, staring up into her eyes. Never too old to celebrate a birthday or the holidays, Jules. His voice was soft. You didn't get to celebrate many growing up. He shook his head. Santa and snowmen weren't priorities for Dad. I tried to, with Sammy. But the constant shuffling around, crappy motels knowing that monsters are real. There's no way to hold on to innocence and wonder about a fat guy in a red suit who wants you to sit on his lap. It was her turn to run fingers through the sides of his short strands. Earlier, Jack mentioned Mrs. Butters. The wood nymph? Yeah. Long story short, she turned out to be kind of the caretaker for the men of letters bunker. We had accidentally reactivated her, and she started up in full-blown take-care-of-the-boys mode. I mean, it was like a week of every holiday and birthday with satisfying monster hunts in between. It was awesome. His faraway smile warmed Julie up inside. 
but it was all missing something. His eyes focused on her again. It was missing you. She rested a palm on his chest to center herself in focus. This man would not make her cry again. Not yet, at least. Not until she said what she wanted. I've lost so much time. A decade of my life playing a role, living a half-life. I know out of anyone, you can understand trying to deal with the fallout of diabolical forces taking away your will. Writing your story for you. But this, with you, we're writing it. Just you and me. As we go. Aren't we? He smiled. We're going to fumble and make mistakes, but we're going to be there for each other, too. For the right reasons. I'll keep trying. Even if it's the hardest thing I do. Even if I totally suck at it. A nod. Because that's what we do, sweetheart. A slight shift, and his stare turned hungry. Her breath hitched at the slow tease of his fingers. They'd made their way under her sweater, flirting with the softness of her tummy and the waistband of her leggings. Let's cut the sap and get down to business. Someone deserves a happy ending to their birthday. He wedged his right hand between the warmth of her skin under the fleece lining and the lace panties. She watched in wonder as his eyes lit up. Are you wrapped up special for me, too, tonight? She nodded into the sigh. His massive hand burrowed farther, cupped her sex. He groaned against the tender flesh of her neck. Julie rose higher on her knees, shifted, gave him room to get down to business. He nipped and sucked tiny kisses along her throat, made her gasp in relief and gratitude when two fingers slid into her core. He thumbed her clit. Adele from behind with his other hand massaged an ass cheek, maneuvered her body the way he wanted. A surprised little hiccup emerged out of her throat, vibrated against his lips at fingers that circled her back hole. He snickered, dipped those fingers under and forward to wet them with her excitement. Feels so good, baby. So wet for me. His lips traveled the underside of her chin as he spoke. Show me what that pretty mouth wants to do to my cock. Julie moaned, devoured his mouth, and sucked on his tongue. He fucked her with his fingers and teased her ass, slick and slippery with her want. His moans and the expertise of his strokes and circles flooded her senses with an impending wave of bliss. He pulled back. His tongue released with a pop from her sucks. Come for me. So pretty when you come for me. His guttural urging commanded her to clench and bear down on his fingers, pumping her. She watched him watch her release as her walls constricted and milked those fingers. Knew that his mouth was mimicking hers in the most beautiful way, forming an O as she whimpered, his lids heavy and heated with want. Yeah, I'm gonna feel so good when I sink my cock into you. He nodded. But not yet. Shivers danced along her spine. There was no time to bathe in the afterglow. 
His hands pulled the sweater up and over her head. She worked open the buttons of his flannel at a frenetic pace. Dean grinned at her lace bra as he shed the first layer, then tugged off his t-shirt. Julie scooted him onto his back, making quick work of the fly of his jeans. Pants and briefs stripped off in one dramatic flare. Happy birthday to me, she sang. Dean chuckled. Get those pants off. Let me see the whole Victoria's Secret set before I tear it off you. His toes, the only thing still covered, wiggled in anticipation in his white socks. His cock twitched. She rocked up to standing. Savage ex Fenty. She corrected and peeled down the leggings to show off the dark blue lace set. She bent down and pulled off his socks by the toes. Whatever it is, it's fucking hot. He mumbled from his reclined position. You're fucking hot. Get that ass up here. He nodded. She was about to pull down her panties when he added, "Uh Uh-uh. I can work around that. A comical raise of his eyebrows filled his expression with mischief. You are going to be the death of me, Winchester. She dropped to her hands and knees, swinging into position over him. Her gaze lingered over the precum dripping down his length. Mm. His hands latched onto her thighs and eased her towards his hot mouth. Let's go, baby. I got a preview of what your mouth can do. He pulled the lace to the side. Betting I can make you come first. Again. She buckled at his hot tongue, flicking her clit and swiping through her folds. He found her whole and tongue fucked, nice and slow. Her eyes clamped closed to focus on her breathing and the slide of that muscle. Her eyes opened a fraction. Mouth covered the tip of his warm cock. She sucked, pulled at his juices. He moaned. She was intent on getting a proper rhythm going as she slid down his length, engulfed him inch by glorious inch. It was war now, the best kind. She rode him back up, popped him out of her mouth, and began to pump with her hand. I don't know, babe. She panted, sucked in breath at his itchy trigger finger rubbing her clit. She knew how much he liked it when she talked dirty. I think your cock wants to fuck my mouth right and proper. Might distract you. Don't you want to fuck my mouth with your hard cock? He moaned again. She giggled at the beautiful reverberations. He returned his mouth to her clit with sucks and flicks. Not fair. She sucked at him again and played with his balls. She pulled out her secret weapon, wrapped a hand under his ass, and pried apart his cheeks in search. Two can play at that game. His head fell back, when she'd found the treasure she sought. Jesus, Jules, I, Jesus, that feels. She moaned in agreement. Fuck. His hands squeezed the globes of her ass while she used everything in her arsenal to win this battle. Yeah. Fuck. He lifted his hips and came hard into her waiting mouth. She held on and swallowed him down, intent to not waste a drop. Oh. There was gravel and exhaustion in his voice. You win. You win. He panted. 
She crawled off him to lay perpendicular, flashing her best cheeky smile. After a panty readjustment, she collapsed her head onto his chest. Ready for the next round? Give me an hour. He slid a pillow under his head to stare down at her. You're getting quite adventurous. A hand rested on her hip. I don't know what to tell you. You flipped a switch. I've never had such delicious material to work with before. She raised a brow. Should I have warned you first before I did what I did? Dean sighed. No, that was awesome. You can do that any fucking time you want. A finger snuck under her bra strap and snapped it against her skin. She barely registered a flinch. You really jingled my bells. She laughed. Good. Wanna see if you can get me going again? He grinned. What happened to needing an hour? Might be a slight exaggeration. I mean, I'll probably have to be more of a passive participant. So, I'm having to do all the work? On my birthday? Dean shrugged. Just to get me revved up again. Promise. I'll make it worth your while. She knew he would. She took her time, stroking his body, enjoying the give of his flesh and the muscles everywhere. Kissed him slow and deep, straddled his chest, letting him massage her breasts, play with her nipples, and bring her body to the brink over and over again. His smoke and honey voice whispering words of encouragement. He indeed rose to the occasion. She guided him inside, rocked into a languid rhythm with his hips, those bow legs bent and propped up. He used the power starting at the heels of his feet to roughen up the ride. Julie's palms splayed atop his chest, steadied on locked elbows. They made it a game again, holding out as long as they could, eventually giving each other the gift of coming together. After, they snuggled into the mound of blankets and pillows, fell asleep in each other's arms, quick. Julie had slept sound, so sound that it had felt like she had just closed her eyes when he woke her with kisses against her forehead. Jules. Baby. Hmm. Her eyes squinted in the dark. I was thinking I could clean out some room in your basement this weekend. Set up a little sparring area, you know? With some mats, so we can work on the really fun stuff. She crinkled her nose. That doesn't sound as fun as this. She kissed his cheek and clutched him tight. But I'm all for trying. He bent down and tilted to kiss her lips, then glanced at the watch on his wrist. It's almost midnight. Did you make your wish yet? Don't need to. Got all I could ask for right here. Well, a wish to hit the lottery couldn't hurt. He chuckled. Okay, for you. She listened to his breathing regulate until he almost drifted off first. She whispered the phrase they had come to say more often to each other. I love you, Dean. His fingers squeezed her forearm. I love you, birthday girl. <laughs>